the types of blessings oh okay uh well i'll start with like the iranic priesthood the iranic priesthood you can get when you're 12 um with the with the iranic priesthood you can baptize people which i think is really interesting and you can um i don't think you can confirm people but i'm pretty sure you can baptize people because my brother baptized my sister and he doesn't have the melchizedek priesthood he has uranic priesthood and you can also pass the sacrament and um bless the sacrament but you have to be 16 to or like you have to be turning 16 that year to bless the sacrament right anyway um but with the melchizedek priesthood giving blessings and stuff um uh, you were asking a little bit about what the kinds of blessings were. Uh, I guess I'm just going to start with baby blessings. Um, basically, you give a name to your to your baby, and uh, the father gives this blessing, and it's during church, just like after baby's born a few weeks later. And then um, a father's blessing. I've gone one every single year. Once a year, it's I usually get it right before school starts and it's just like help um, with making friends or like doing good in school that year. And just a couple other things that are just like specifically from your father and it feels special. And then you can also give um, healing the sick. I know like last week, my cousin was really sick and they did the oil like on her head, the consecrated oil on her head and gave her a blessing. Um, and it's not just one Melchizedek priesthood holder that can like put your hands on your head and give you the blessing, but several do, especially for baby blessings. And only one person like talks, but a bunch of people are there. And I think um, blessings to give callings, that's another type of blessing just to sustain someone to their calling. Like I've been blessed to be like a young woman's president or something like that for our ward. And they have to like ordain you. They have to like bless you and then you'll be in that calling, I guess. So those are a few of the types of blessings. And I think there's more, but I forgot. Uh, there is like one more. Okay. It's like kind of Thanks. important. Uh, oh. The patriarchal blessing. Mm. Um, um, usually you get it when there's no like specific age that you have to get it at, but usually it's around you're like 14 to 18 and it's a blessing that's um very personal to the person getting the blessing and oh, and it pretty much is a like guideline to like what your life's going to be like and it also gives you the lineage where you're from which is like what tribe of israel you're from and i mean i got mine two weeks ago but um, yeah, pretty much it's just guidance throughout uh, the person's life. Um, I'm just gonna mention really fast, the, to get a patriarchal blessing, um, it can only be given by a patriarch. So it's not just any kind of Melchizedek priesthood holder, but specifically a patriarch and they're given that calling. For example, um, my grandpa, he's a patriarch from Brazil. So I got my patriarchal blessing in portuguese which i think is kind of cool um even though i don't know it so i don't understand it but my parents kind of translated it for me um but you have to be a patriarch to get patriarchal blessings and i think there's a patriarch per stake 
like that's a few wards. I'm pretty sure there's one per stake. And yeah, patriarchal blessings are really cool. I have like two quick follow up questions. So uh, Joseph, you said um, you said you by by having this blessing bestowed upon you, you, you can you can determine uh, what tribe of Israel you are part of. So how does how does that work? Um, do do you, do you get to to like pick a tribe that you feel most connected to, or does someone else do that for you? So while you're receiving the blessing, um, the patriarch um, it is revealed to him during the blessing, and he'll end up telling you what part you are. So you're pretty much like when you're born, you're already, your tribe has already been like chosen for you, I guess. And then um, I was, that, that is incredibly fascinating uh, to, to me because what I really like about, what I find super fascinating about the Latter-day Saints movement is there in, in um, lots of Protestantism, there's this concept of uh, cessationism. Cessationism is like, okay, all of these spiritual gifts this is since ceased at the um, at the end of the apostolic age. So basically, I was I think a, a pretty good date to to place for that would be like like ninety A.D. when the last apostle John dies. That's probably when you're going to say that the apostolic age officially closes. So we're not going to have any more like apostles, according to their view. We're not going to have any more like speaking in tongues or anything like that. But what's really interesting about the Latter Day Saints movement that I, that I find fascinating is 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 now people can again have like revelation, like exactly like what you said. The patriarch is revealed to the patriarch what tribe you're part of, or, um, or like the uh, apostles being called again because in cessation cessationist uh, theology, it'd be like okay, all this stuff ended with the death of the last apostle when the apostolic age ends. But what I find really fascinating is this is all now restored in like the 19th century onwards. So, yeah. And then, um, Karina, I was wondering, uh, or actually any, any of, uh, any of you two, um, what is, how, how does like in, in the letter of Saints movement, how does one be, become a patriarch? And like, what is that? What does that role entail? Um, uh, to become a patriarch, um, usually you're like called upon and it's like a huge, um, I guess, I don't know a word for it, but it's a huge position to have. You always have to be like very reverent throughout your day because usually because when you want your patriarchal blessing, you have to call him to like say that you want it. And then he has to, well, like in preparation, he always has to like kind of stay away from media and like um, be his best spiritual self in preparation for a uh, blessing. One thing, oh, sorry. One thing I found really cool is that I believe once you're um, asked to be a patriarch, um, you're a patriarch for the rest of your life. Like a, um, like a prophet, when they're a prophet, they're, they're the prophet until they die. And that's the same with the patriarch, unless I'm, I'm sure there's, been a patriarch somewhere in the world who's like um been wicked or something after they were a patriarch and then they're like not that not that calling anymore um but it's very different from other callings because every other pretty much every other calling if you're called that you can like um eventually you won't be that calling anymore like you can get switched around and split that 
Wow. Um, and um, let, let me see. Um, I I guess um. I mean, that's all the follow-up questions I have for that. That was that. That to me is really interesting. We've gone from talking about the the Mel. Mel um, oh my gosh, I, now I can't pronounce pronounce the word Mel, Melchizedek uh, priesthood uh, all the way to talking about the different levels of hierarchy. But what what I find really fascinating. This is the last thing I'll say about the uh, about Melchizedek himself. Um, uh, unless anyone else wants to say anything else. Um, what's really interesting is if you go to Hebrews, it, it's um it's, it's one of uh it's attributed to Paul. Um, it's it's in the New Testament, and what's interesting is um Jesus or Jesus is compared to to Adam. Jesus is compared to Adam, and I, Joseph mentioned how um Adam was the first person with the Melchizedek priesthood. What's really interesting is also in 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 Hebrews, Jesus is actually also compared to Melchizedek, and Jesus is the high priest. Um, but but in this uh, writing or in this um in, 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 what they're trying to convey is that um Jesus. He he br- basically brings his you know sacrificial blood in. I I think this is what they're trying to convey. It brings the sacrificial blood into like the holy of holies, and um, the the world is redeemed. There's salvation. But I think that's really interesting to note that um, Melchizedek and Jesus are both like um, uh, p- paralleled in uh, Hebrews. He, yeah. So Rylan or Noah, do you want to ask number five? All right. Uh, sh- shifting gears. Um... What are the temple endowment ceremonies? Um, I can share about this one a little bit. So basically, I've never been endowed because I'm not old enough. Um, but basically, you have to be 18 first. Um, men usually get their endowment right before their mission. But you can get it whenever you're ready after you're 18. Um, and women, women usually get it before marriage. But I know some people that are have gotten it before just because they're ready, like when they turn 18. Um, in the temple, it's in the temple. And you learn more about from what I know and from what I like talk to my cousins and parents and stuff about is that you learn more about Adam and Eve and more about the creation and you make sacred covenants. And something that I found really interesting that I learned was for a patriarchal blessing, basically, um, you get your tribe, like what tribe you've been in, like what tribe you're from. And in your endowment session, or it could be initiatory, which is similar to endowments, which I don't know if you know about that, Um, but you get your name, like, the name you are in heaven and i just think that's really cool and you're not supposed to tell anyone obviously i have a name i just don't know it yet just like before i had my patriarchal blessing i had a tribe i just didn't know it yet um but i just think that's really interesting that i'll be able to know like what name i'll be called in heaven wow that is this is part of the you said this this said the name the naming that was part of the initiatory uh um, endowment, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's what, what I, I, I have, I, I have never. This is my first time hearing that, and and this is also my first time hearing about about the tribes as well as the, the heavenly name. I actually would speculate, and this is this could be totally incorrect. I would speculate that that the heavenly name could be actually in the language of ad of Adamic, because I know what, what's really interesting. So, I know that the Latter Day Saints movement in, in the early days, they they um. 
they use the language like Adamic, um, which is this, um, which is the you know the hypothetical um, first, where it's the language that, that Adam and Eve would have spoken in the garden, hypothetically speaking. Um, so I, 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 this is my first time hearing it, but if I were to spec, if I were to speculate, your your name could be in the Adamic language because I know that they, I think the early Latter Day Saints use that in their some of their temple um, ceremonies. But um, so. Is there anything that um, happens like specifically, like like how the um, how the quote unquote ritual um, or you could just say ordinance like plays out, like because um, because obviously with baptism, you know, you're gonna get immersed immersed underwater with confirmation. You're gonna have hands laid on you. Is there any like activity that happens, or is that uh, to be still still to be revealed? Um, honestly, from what I know, since I've been to like an open house for a temple, otherwise, I actually. Uh, I have never been to any room of the temple, um, besides the baptistry because I'm not allowed to go in there yet since I'm not actually, I'm not, um, I'm not doing endowments or endowment or a ceiling yet. And I'm not getting sealed for other people or doing endowment for other people of the dead. Like, cause you can do all that for the dead too, not just baptism. Um, but how it goes is like i'm pretty sure you just sit at like these benches and that's when you learn a lot about like adam and eve and the creation and stuff and i'm pretty sure there's a prayer somewhere in there to learn your name but other than that i honestly don't know much about it because it's um it's really sacred and i think it's similar to like how you didn't really know about the tribes or the names it's because it's not something people know, I guess, unless you're like actually there. Wow, I'm I'm learning more and more. This is this this to me is 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 very fascinating because I I I've I've like studied I've studied the movement um probably probably a lot more I would speculate than anyone who isn't either studying to be part of the religion or is already part of the religion because I I've you know re- read a book on 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 this I've watched um videos on um this and i i haven't learned this i haven't learned this uh, at all i've i've learned um about you know like the the cosmology i've learned about um actually i probably really haven't learned about the book of, of the book of mormon i've just learned like the the, the bear the the really the huge basics of it but i i thought i was i thought i was pretty pretty well versed in the uh, in the theology um as someone who's not part of the religion um but that to me is fascinating the learning your tribe and learning your heavenly name so um, a uh, Rylan or no, you want to ask question number six. All right. Um, how is one sealed to their husband or wife in the Latter-day Saints? Um, uh, being sealed uh, as a husband and wife, um, you are sealed in a room that is in the temple. Um, marriages between a man and woman are that are these rooms are performed during like your sealing together. Um, there, a uh, man and woman kneel and join hands across a sacred altar to be married for this life and for eternity. This eternal marriage is called the temple sealing, and children born into such marriages are also sealed to their families forever. Uh, wow, uh, Karina, you have anything else? Um, I think he nailed it. I was just going to mention one little thing, and um, it's something that I honestly recently learned and it's like a triangle, basically like a triangle with God at the top 
and then the husband and wife on the, the other corners. And it's basically like, that's what you're learning at the ceiling about. It's not just, um, you or just you and your husband or wife and like selfishness. It's about like, um, putting God first and then also like having kids and stuff like that. And just, Wow. Um, and now, um, I also, I also like the fact that it's, it's not to death do us part. It is the, it lasts, it lasts forever. To me, that, that is a very, um, it, 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 that, that's vital. I mean, um, this, this carries on, um, even, even after death. I think, I think that's, that, that's, that's beautiful. Um, and, but now we can, um, unless anyone else has anything to say about, um, that particular ordinance. Yeah, go, go for it, Ryland. Um, not to challenge anything, but uh, what would happen if a couple wanted a divorce? And what does that mean, like, with the seal? Uh, so, actually, I definitely know this one. Um, basically, you can get a temple divorce. And so it's not like you're sealed to that person forever. And even though you, like, hate them or there's, like, abuse involved or something, you have to be with them forever. That's not how it's going to be. You can, there's definitely like temple divorces and stuff, but you can't get a temple divorce if it's like, oh yeah, I don't love them anymore. Or for other reasons that don't matter. Um, but it's like really serious reasons that you would get a temple divorce. Um, so now we can um, transition into church history. So, um, who are some notable president prophets? Because we, we all know, uh, you know, Joseph Smith. Um, there's also, of course, Brigham Young. But and then there's also the the current uh, president prophet right now, Russell M. Nelson. So, uh, who are some notable uh, president prophets throughout the history of the movement? Um, I I honestly was just gonna say like I've learned a lot about different um, prophets and stuff, but my favorites are really basic. Uh, the um joseph smith and then our current prophet president nelson and i think this is because um i've i've also learned so much about them but russell M. nelson he has done so much for this church and he gets like a ton of new revelations and he's just a great person and i just feel kind of warm when he's listening and i'm just happy because he's just so calm and um i also love that um joseph smith and how much he did for the church is actually scripture and it, i don't know it off the top of my head but it says that joseph smith has done more for the salvation of men than anyone like ever born besides jesus so he's he's literally the second most important person ever on this on this earth because he did so much for the church and sacrificed so much and that's just I don't know. I like them a lot for that. Uh, Joseph, you got uh, you got anyone else? Um, no, my favorite is definitely Russell M. Nelson because I'm able to, well, live especially during his um, him being a prophet and to hear things that um, he says are like pretty cool to uh, hear and learn about, and definitely that he's had a lot of change definitely when he became prophet. 
I think this was about I don't I don't know when this was uh, because I I have like no perception of time. But it was uh it was I think it was about um maybe maybe a year ago. He there was a video on the Latter Day Saints uh, channel um YouTube channel and it was like it was him talking about the power of gratitude. I, I thought that was I thought that was a very uh very nice video because I saw I saw part of it. Yeah. What are some historical landmarks in Latter Day Saints history, as in temples, churches, cities? Because I know there was. I think it was the original temple in the Americas that is currently in the hands of a different sect of uh, Latter-day Saints, if I remember correctly, and uh, the current church is trying to get it back. So what are some, uh, could you talk about some of the other temples, churches that are important? Basically, um, oh, no, go ahead. No, you, oh. you can have this. Oh, okay. Uh, I've actually been to some of them, like the... The two that are not owned by our church now, the Nauvoo Temple and the Kirtland Temple. And we went to both of those. They're quite lovely. Um, those were the first two ever built. The Kirtland was the first and then the Nauvoo Temple. And that's when the Saints like started in Kirtland and then they moved to Nauvoo and then they were kicked out. So they went to Salt Lake City. And Salt Lake City was the third one built, I believe. And right now, um, the... Salt Lake City is under construction and I just like the foundation and stuff. Um, but some other historical landmarks besides like a temple is the sacred grove um, where like the first vision happened. And then also the um, where the I've been to where like Moroni kept the plates and where Joseph, Joseph found the plates, the Hill Cumorah. And there's like a nice um, all. I don't know the word, but like a post thing that like has information about it. And I'm trying to think of more. I think a lot of the um, like Joseph's Joseph's log cabin was definitely something that was really cool because um, we actually went to the upstairs and stuff. And that's where the ancient Moroni actually appeared to Joseph Smith. So we were like in the same headspace as him or where he was. So I just thought that was cool. Oh, wow. Uh, Joseph, do you have any other sites that you wanted to talk about? Uh, there's two. I, I forgot one of them, but it's Liberty Jail, and it's another mm. jail. Carthage. Carthage Jail. Yeah, Carthage Jail. Um, I think it was Carthage Jail is where Joseph Smith died. Um, he was martyred, and um, so was his brother, Hiram Smith, was also martyred there, too. Yeah, there's the um, one landmark I was thinking of was was the third temple built, the one in Salt Lake City that's like massive. Um, and I also think the Nauvoo Temple. I believe the Nauvoo Temple was initially like like burnt or like essentially um, arsoned. I, uh, but was it like was it rebuilt from then, or did the fire not destroy all of it, or what was the deal? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, that probably happened because I know like Joseph Smith's cabin was burned. And they had to rebuild it, like trying to replicate it exactly. And I'm sure a lot of other, I'm not really uh, positive which ones, but I'm sure like the Nauvoo Temple was burnt down and the Curlin Temple might've been. And then they just built, I think the Curlin Temple was too. And they just built a replica, but that's basically. <laughs> um, and um, so uh, wait, Noah, you want to do, no, do you want to ask the uh, third question now about some, well, you can, you can ask, take it away. All right. So, uh, what are some projects that the uh, Church of Latter Day Saints is working on currently? Do you want me to do this one? Uh, sure. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, so I think earlier I was talking about the, um, the Salt Lake City. They're actually doing a foundation repair thing. And basically the Salt Lake City, even like the Salt Lake City Temple, no matter what earthquake or anything, the Salt Lake City will remain like sturdy and it'll, it'll never change. So they're doing a giant like renovation, like lifting up the temple to actually like fix the foundation and stuff. And then some other projects, um, there's always temples, every single general conference, um, which is twice a year, every six months, they do a general conference session, a few of them, and new temples are always announced. And a big construction project um, is a temple in like North, rexburg they're building one right now and they actually bought a lot of land so they might build a mtc which is a missionary training center where the missionaries go before they're actually sent to their mission and so we think they're building one there that's the rumors i guess oh wow and uh joseph do you have anything else to add for that for the projects uh, I mean, there's a project going on right now. It's called uh, Light the World, and there's uh, these giving machines. So it's kind of like almost um, like a vending machine you can go. Um, there's one in Temple Square, I know. I've been to it. And you can, like, buy certain stuff. Like, you can buy, like, basketballs, food, uh, medicine for, like, people uh, that are in need for it. And then the church will end up distributing that to those who need it. All right, so I think we are now we are now in our closing questions. So I know we we asked both of, uh, both of you two last time, uh, uh, what does it mean to be a, a Latter Day Saint? So we were thinking of asking a different question because we've already obviously asked that. So, so uh, for for both of you, uh, where do you see like the the, the church? Because the church is growing very is very very quickly. Um, Latter Day Saints movement um, as well as um, Islam, those are two of the fastest growing. Uh, well, those two are the fastest growing uh, re- religions. So. Um, so where, do, where do you both see the church in like the next decade or the next two decades or, or so forth? Where do you see it in the future? Um, I guess I can start on this one. Um, I can just see like how you're saying like grows fast. I can just see like millions more, millions and millions more members joining and then hundreds more temples being built across the world because I'm thinking there's like seven to 12 each session of each um month each six months of general conference that are announced and i just think that'll keep going and going and there are going to be way more other construction projects and more inspirational messages or little or little changes and stuff like that that's what i think will happen in the next 10 years um definitely like similar definitely um more membership more people will be of members um and definitely more temples that'll be announced. And I also think that um, there'll be more opportunities um, for missionary. And I definitely think there'll be more areas that missionaries can serve. This is a question I just had kind of popped into my mind. Um, So I I know that like in the letter to saints movement, uh, like people um, after they go to high school, they're they're going on a two-year mission, correct? So, are, just out of curiosity, are are any of you uh, gonna go on like a two-year mission after high school? Uh, yes, I'm definitely going after high school. Um, I might. It depends. Uh, basically, for a girl, you have to be 19 to go on a mission, and for a guy, you have to be 18 to go on a mission. So, if I like 
I don't know if I find someone before that and get married or like not get married by 19, but like meet new people and stuff, then I might not go on to go to a mission, but I really like to. It just depends, I guess. Yeah, and you know the the missionary work, and uh, I mean, I, I know that like Letter of Saints out of out of all um or out of um other religious groups, th- those the, the families are, are like pretty big, and there's also you know missionary work too. But that that is certainly paying off because I I there's a the projected growth for the uh, for for the church. I I think it's by something like twenty ninety or twenty one hundred something something that that's pretty close. I, it might not be those. It might be a little bit later, but. It's it's supposed to be like a, a a major world religion by that point, like two hundred million people, uh, pretty soon. So, I I think that's um that that's definitely something to look forward to. Um, all right, well we can we can uh, we can conclude it here. Uh, already everybody, this has been episode fifteen of the Godcast, uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Again, uh, I am Xavier. I'm Rylan. I'm Noah. I'm Karina. <laughs> and I'm Joseph. And uh, stay tuned for planned future episodes. Uh, hopefully we'll have an episode on Sikhism eventually. I've emailed many, or, you know, many places. None of them have gotten back to me. But hopefully we'll have that up uh, in store real soon, as well as um, the planned Baha'i episode, which we recorded, and then all the audio um, unfortunately did not record. But also um, we are planning on having uh, an interview with... Uh, several Orthodox churches like Ethiopian Orthodox Church, the Russian Orthodox Church, and as well as uh, some other research episodes in the future that are planned, such as on Manichaeism, on uh, Zoroastrianism, uh, the Druze religion, and uh, mystery religions. Uh, That being said, stay tuned for planned future episodes.